Welcome, everybody, again. Um, it is so fun. We are cranking through Summer in the Scriptures, and uh, we, uh, in our generational worship, there's so much happening. But we're going to um, try our best to engage uh, Scriptures, because we are in one of my favorite books. It's funny. Uh, we are in the book of Acts, and I, growing up uh, in the church, I really didn't like the book of Acts. It was kind of a weird book for me. Um, but the more I've studied it, the more um, I have fallen in love with it. But before we jump into that, um, I don't know about you, but it feels like in my normal life, like with my family and at my work and with my friends, I love the people I'm with. And then I go home and I watch news or I go into social media and I realize, oh no, I actually don't love my friends. I hate everybody. Do you find that like you have like the real life people in front of you love and then you go on social media and realize, oh, no, I hate everybody. Look at all these morons. Look at these guys doing this. And this week, gosh, it's just like it never ends. Like there's, the news was so overwhelming and, uh, and it causes this like weird bitterness to rise up. And, and there's this weird thing in humans that we just want to be self-righteous. We want to know who our tribe is and we want to know who not is our, not are in our tribe. And then we do whatever we can to kind of distance ourselves from them. And humans, let's be honest, from the beginning of time, we love being tribal people. We have our clan, our family group, our grouping of people, and they were our people and to the death we would defend them. And then you had like religion and ideology kind of expanded that. And, um, and now it's like our brains cannot handle how diverse the world is at. And so we've kind of like gone back to like our, our lizard brain. We're like we only are going to love these people and we're going to hate everybody else. And that's how the world is. That's how human beings are. But here's what's really a challenge. We, um, as people who have put our faith in Christ, do not get to be tribal people. And we love it. It's in us. It's part of our DNA. But we are not DNA-driven people. We are Holy Spirit-driven people. And Jesus does, does not let us off the hook. And Jesus compels us, right, to not just love our friends and not just love our neighbors, but who is our neighbor? It is the people on the fringes, it's on the margins, the people who are not like us, and even the people who don't like us and are mean to us and persecute us. Jesus even says we are called to love them. It is a totally countercultural, counter DNA thing because we want to blow up and shame and belittle anyone who's not like us. But Jesus compels us to love other people. And what I love about the book of Acts, Acts is the second part of a two-part volume written by Luke. Luke was a non-Christian, a Greek physician who uh, traveled with Peter, I mean, traveled with Paul. And as they traveled, um, he ended up telling the story of Jesus's life and death and resurrection. And then Acts continues the story of the movement of the Holy Spirit and the expansion of the church. And what we're going to look at this morning in the book of Acts is Acts is, this is the main story, that Acts is the good news for all people everywhere. And we may know that in our head, but I know, listen, I've talked with some of you this week, and you are not good at not being tribal people. So in your mind, you know, oh yeah, it is good news for all people everywhere. But no, no, we need to stop and just remember we are not, in our flesh, we think it is only for us and people like us. But when those weirdos become Christians, or if they come to our church, or what that's going to be like, right, it causes all this anxiety in us. But no, Acts is the story of the gospel of Jesus. Jesus, this Jewish person, this Jewish rabbi, culminating the story of God and the good news about his life and his death and his resurrection, that story then begins to go into the whole world. And Acts is such a great book because you see the human challenge of what happens when the good news of Christ ends up going to people who are not like you and not like me. So if you have your Bible, we're going to take a look at Acts chapter 1, verse 9, or verse 8, excuse me. And this is basically like the, the table of contents for this book. 
All right, and I bet you can even memorize this passage of scripture. It says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea, Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. So let's see if we can memorize that or at least part of it. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. All right, I'm going to ask them to take the, the, the verse off there, cheaters. All right? But you will be my witnesses. See, I don't even know the first part. I know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in, and in all of Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. Well, that is the story of Acts, and our church is in the legacy of Acts. And so where does it begin? Where does the story of the gospel showing up, where does it begin? In what, what city? In Jerusalem, okay? So Jerusalem is the epicenter. Jerusalem, right? That's where Jesus culminated his ministry. He was crucified. He rose from the dead. And then he ascended into heaven. And he told his disciples, do not leave until I come and give you the Holy Spirit. And 40 days later, the Holy Spirit shows up on Pentecost and there is just this revival that happens in Jerusalem. 3,000 people come to know him, right? And what's so funny is there was, there was times in Jesus' ministry when he feeds 5,000 people, right? Free food, tons of people. He had hard teachings and, and to the point when he was actually uh, crucified, even Peter abandons him, right? And it's just these few women who are the last people standing going, we are with you, Jesus. But only because of God's graciousness and restoration, he again comes and presents the gospel again. 3,000 people come to know Christ, and there's this great movement of God in Jerusalem. But God wants the, the, the gospel of Jesus to not just be in Jerusalem, but to be in all of Judea and and even to the ends of the earth. But even the disciples are human beings like you and me. And if you are in this great campfire and God's doing this incredible thing, who wants to leave the great campfire singing beautiful music, loving God, being in his presence? You're like, I'm not going out there. This is so great. And that's what we find in Acts chapter 2. Um, it, the, the campfire moment looked like this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions that gave everyone they had a need. And every day they continued to meet together in temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord had added to their number daily those who were being saved. Oh, is that an awesome picture? It reminds me of when I was in college ministry and we had this, this winter retreat and it was like all these college kids and we all loved God and our parents were helping us pay for school. And so we didn't have a care in the world. And so we just loved God. We loved him. We're like, we're going to live together. We're going to do everything together. We're going to share our parents' resources together because we did not have a care in the world. And we had these incredible dreams of how we were going to live for God. And I just imagine that's what it must have been like right in the beginning. Here they were in Jerusalem, soaking it all up. And the truth is, a lot of times we need those formative experiences to remember God's goodness and God's grace. But God doesn't want the gospel to just be for the people in Jerusalem. He wants it to be for the people in all of Judea and Samaria and even to the ends of the earth. And so finally, the good time campfire did have to come to an end. And I wish these guys were so awesome. They're like, hey, listen, this campfire is great. But remember when Jesus told us we need to be his witnesses everywhere? 
But that's not what happened because they're human beings, just like you and me. That's why I love the Bible because it's real life people engaging with the spirit of God and God doing what God's gonna do with us and even despite us. So the way that God tricked um, these guys to get out of there is there was this brutal persecution. You may know the story of Paul and he was persecuting the church and one of the, the disciples, Stephen, ends up being martyred and murdered, right, uh, with, the, with, the, with, the, with the council's approval. And so all of a sudden the campfire moment is over and all these, um, all these disciples and followers of Christ are like, we are out of here and they scatter into all of Judea. So now take a look at Judea. So here's my witness in Judea. And Judea is like the state, right? So it's like Jerusalem's the city, Judea is the state. And these are all of the people who are Jewish people who've been around Jesus' ministry and that's where they naturally lived. And it was actually a relatively small area, but when the persecution happened, um, all of a sudden they're like, we are out of here. And so they left the state of Judea and they went to Samaria. Samaria is just north. So take a look at this. This is, this is be my witness in Samaria. So you see Judea is right at the bottom and then Samaria is right near the, above them. And what's funny is Samaria, right? Jewish people did not like that place at all. They were people who... Um, you know, they weren't pure Jewish uh, ethnically. They definitely weren't pure, pure Jewish in their worship for God. And they just thought if you were with them, you were with defiled. One of my all-time favorite stories is the woman at the well, right? Jesus intentionally goes to Samaria and sees this woman, cares for her, gives her the most incredible teaching about worship, ends up being a missionary to her county, I mean, to her area. It is awesome. Well, we see in Acts um, chapter 8 that Philip, one of the disciples, goes to Samaria and says this, right? Those who had been scattered, and they were scattered because of this persecution, they preached the word wherever they went. And Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. And what I think is so interesting is if you ever read Acts, all throughout Acts, it says we went to this city, this town, this city, this town, this city, this synagogue, this town. And what I love is Human beings, we are such dirt balls. Even the people who love God, we can't get out of our way of being dirt balls because there's the, even this weird, well, this is me. I could be totally wrong. Jesus will correct me someday. But there's this weird prejudice, I think, even that the authors had. Even the Greeks picked up, oh, the Samaritans aren't that good, right? Jews are great. Greeks are great. Samaritans, eh, maybe not so much. Because here it says, Philip went down to a city in Samaria, and I just think it's interesting that all throughout Acts, every city's named, every city's named. And then here's like a little like, eh, a city. You know, it's like, it's just a human thing. And that's why I love again and again, the story of God. It takes our real human experience, our real human prejudices, our real just human brokenness. And God's like, listen, I'm going to do my work even despite you, but even more so if you partner with me. And because of Philip's work in Samaria, because the woman in the wells work in Samaria, the gospel comes to the people of Samaria. Oh, so good. The gospel is expanding. And then, but the gospel is not just for Jerusalem and not just for all of Judea and not just for Samaria, but, that, but where else? To the ends of the earth. That's right. And so later on, right, just a few chapters later, now we're in Acts chapter 11 and we have Paul, right? Paul, the guy who persecuted the church. And because he persecuted the church, they scattered everywhere. Well, in that whole process, the Lord shows up to Paul. And like in a miraculous way, knocks him off a donkey, makes him blind, God heals him. And then he ends up going and learning from the, um, the disciples for three years and then ends up in the city in Antioch. And so if you see where it says Syria, right on the top above Syria is Antioch. And that Antioch became this Christian center um, and where, where Christianity just flourished. And Paul lived there for an entire year. And so it says this, those who had been scattered by the persecution 
right? That's why they moved out of Jerusalem to Judea, Samaria, and then the ends of the earth. And now they're in um, Antioch. That broke out when Stephen was killed and traveled as far as all these different places, spreading the word only among the Jews. And then here is where the story gets awesome. Because right now they were going from Jewish people to Jewish people, Sumerians who were sort of Jewish people to Antioch to Jewish people. But all of a sudden these Greek non-Jewish people were experiencing the love of Christ, the grace of Christ, the power of Christ. And Paul is in Antioch and all these people are coming to know Christ. But they were weird people. They were people who didn't dress the same, who didn't act the same, who didn't have the same customs, who held hands in church. Like they were people, they were weirdos. And they were showing up and becoming Christians in droves. And all of a sudden the church is like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Because we hear that Jesus' words, right? Acts is written by Luke, but there's a red letters, right? Jesus said, you're going to be a witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the world. So we know that God wants to be there. And it looks like God is doing something unique. And so the rest of Acts is them trying to figure out how in the world are they going to be the body of Christ in this very diverse grouping of people, different religions, different ethnicities, different cultural backgrounds, women, men, rich, poor, slave, free, Republicans, Democrats, whatever their versions are, like people who just did not like each other were all coming to find Christ. And what I love is in Acts chapter 15, there's the council where Peter and Paul and James, they all meet in Jerusalem and they're just thinking, what in the world are we going to do? How do these Greek people and these Jewish people who have totally different lives and customs, are they supposed to become Jewish and then become Christians? What, what are we supposed to do? And this is the conclusion they come up with. It is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Instead, we should write to them about telling them to abstain from food polluted by idols and from sexual immorality and from the meat strangled by animals and blood. Now, for us, we think that's great, but at this time... It was an incredible high burden to be a Jewish person. You were ethnically Jewish, and if not, you had to become circumcised, which was a super high burden. And all of a sudden they're thinking, well, does everyone have to be circumcised in order to know Christ? And that is a high burden. And Paul is like, no. And the council decided with Peter and James, they said, no. I just love this. It is my judgment that we should not make it difficult for Gentiles who are turning to God. And this is why I love Acts, and this is why I love our church, and this is why I love what we've been called to do, because we do not, want to make it difficult for people whose hearts are warm towards Christ to know Christ. And so if you're here, if you're trying to figure out what it means to know and love Christ, right, the story of Acts is that the gospel is expanding from Jerusalem to all of Judea to Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And here we are, right? We are now to be my witness in Marin. This is our time, as they say in Goonies. This is our time. Up there, it's their time. But this is our time. This is our moment to continue the legacy of Acts, right? And it is not on us to make it difficult for those who want to be followers of Christ to be followers of Christ. But that means that for you and for me, for some of you guys like Harry, who've been Christians for the beginning of time, you know, we are counting on the older saints to be older saints, and to be so gracious and so generous and to trust the people who are coming to know Christ. And what I love about the story of Acts, it was the evidence of the Holy Spirit moving in them. And so we, as the people of God, are going to keep our eyes peeled to where the Holy Spirit is at work. And if the Holy Spirit is at work, and if you have a soft heart towards God, and you even want to take a baby step towards Him, then this is your place. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your clothes. It doesn't matter your... And not one thing... And we are not going to make it difficult for you. 
because we trust that you are going to encounter Christ. You are going to encounter the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is not going to make it easy for you. But that's the Holy Spirit's job, to grab your heart and to mold you and to shape you and to sanctify you. And the whole rest of the scriptures in Danny's next week and Ben Z the week after are going to be preaching about the epistles where over and over again they're taking this wild group of people and teaching them about the grace of God and the way to live a holy and sanctified life in response to that. And we as Marin Covenant Church are going to do that with each other. We are going to encourage each other daily to know and love Christ. This is our time. But there's one other thing that's incredible about our time. People are here a part of our church for a minute. Like Kat Dirks, and they go to college and they move on. Or they get great jobs and they move on. Or God calls them to mission fields like the Coles. Like we is a unique ministry of Marine Covenant from the time that this church came about 50 years ago that people would be here for a time and then they would move out. And you know what? For me as a deep roots person, oh, I grieve. Oh, it's so hard for me. But more and more, I have to trust in the ministry of the Holy Spirit that God takes people, uses his time here to heal them, to mature them, to sanctify them. People come from different church backgrounds, from brutal church wounds, and they find safety and comfort here. But then this may not be the place that they land, and they end up somewhere else. And we as a church have to praise God because we are this unique body of Christ. We are going to be God's witness here in Marin and to the ends of the earth. And what a joy it is to be an intergenerational Sunday with little guys and old guys and all of us together figuring out how to be the witness of Jesus Christ. And we are not going to make it difficult at all. But watch out because if you get too close to the Holy Spirit, he is going to mold you and shape you and change you and heal you and transform you and empower you and use you for the furthering of his kingdom, both here and everywhere. Amen and amen. Let me pray for us. Let's stand together. We're going to continue in our time of worship, but let me just offer a prayer of blessing and dedication over all of us as we long to be God's people. Heavenly Father and our gracious God, Jesus, the Savior of the whole world, we are here because people before us did not make it too difficult for us to encounter you. And because of their generosity towards us, their empowerment of your spirit, we too have got to encounter you. So have your way with us, Lord. Do not let us be the same, but sanctify us and transform us, heal us. And ultimately God use us that we would be the fragrance of your son, Jesus, the fragrance of life to those who are being saved. And may the doors of our church be flung wide open so that anybody who even has the slightest hint of being impacted by your Holy Spirit would find a home here. And I pray that you would use my friends in this room, not just on a Sunday morning, but gosh, for the whole rest of the week, the 99% of their life, they're gonna be in the world, in their jobs, with their family, that you would use them to be your witness. We long to just be around the campfire in Jerusalem, but you long to send us. So send us, God, in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, in Samaria, the ends of the earth, from Sausalito and Marin City all the way up to Novato, even those guys. And wherever we reach, we do this for the honor of your son, Jesus, who we give all the honor and all the glory in all generations, both now and forevermore. And all of God's kids said, amen and amen.